0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Anne McElvoy, and you're listening to The Economist Asks. This week, our guest is a man who's been modestly described as the hottest thinker in the world. We're asking Nassim Nicholas Taleb, would having more at stake make our leaders better? Our elected representatives make decisions that shape the futures of millions but often barely touch their own lives. After changing history, many of them are free to retire or head to the golf course. America's interests in security and America's belief in liberty both lead in the same direction, to a free and peaceful Iraq. The British people have voted
1: to leave the European Union and their will must be respected. And as such, I think the country requires fresh leadership to take it in this direction.
0: Illegal immigration, important. We're going to build the wall, Okay, Believe me. We're going to build the wall. Nassim Nicholas Taleb is a former trader, now distinguished professor of risk engineering at New York University and author of many best-selling books about risk and randomness. In his new book *Skin in the Game*, he argues that leaders, policymakers, and thinkers have been led astray because they face no consequences when they get things wrong. So, Nasim, why is it so important to have skin in the game? And you're an academic. I guess you could say the whole academic world is predicated on understanding things without, uh, you know, necessarily being directly involved.
1: Actually, it's, it's quite. A bit of a problem in academia because the branches in academia become eco chambers and uh, completely divorced from reality. When you don't have uh, contact with the real world via a the game, but but let me talk in general. Why is a uh, more thing? It, this has held. I'm not saying anything particularly new. I'm just revealing a property that has been holding uh, since civilization started. We know from the Hammurabi Code that uh, architects could not just put a put a structure and walk away from the consequences of the structure collapsing. Therefore they could not hide risks in the foundations where risks is easiest to hide. When I was a trader, I knew how to play metrics because if the portfolio is not mine, I could make it look like having impeccable properties. And, and, of course, the problem is that this comes with a de- a delayed blow-ups. They produce steady gains, and then once in a while you have a big loss, but you're far away when the big loss happens. Or at least you're not penalized because they don't pay for losses, so you collect a few bonuses. And politicians also play the same game. I mean, they leave office. You know, They can load the system with debt, which causes usually delayed blow-ups, and leave office on an excellent note. Hey, look, I increased GDP. You have jobs. And then, of course, as the French say, after me, après moi,
0: a deluge, but is that, isn't that always been the case? Perhaps there's more at stake now in complex financial systems that lead up to something like the 2007 eight crash, although another huge one less than a century before. So, what has really changed? I mean, why do we need more skin in the game okay, now?
1: so you know we need more skin in the game for several reasons. Um, it, it, modernity can only function if you have accountability. If you don't have that system, then someone can game it. And, and let me explain. Let's talk about military decision-making, okay? In the past, the very recent past, people who wanted war had to be involved in war. And just like uh, drivers, bad drivers, if you're a reckless driver, you inflict risk on others, but you're first to die there's a problem, you see? It's the same thing. So you, you have war ratio of war mongers, but they took risks, so therefore that ratio could not rise enormously because of that constraint, you see. So what has happened is decision makers sitting in think tanks causing invasions, wars and because they're not accountable they cause regime change. Well, how, they how, let,
0: let's, let, let's unpack this. I mean I been a political journalist for the best part of 20 years and I've covered quite a lot of wars. I understand the sense and the frustration that drives what you say and I recognise quite a lot of it as true. You can sponsor the big invasion, you can come up with the big policy innovation that turns out to cost millions or sometimes hundreds of millions and it doesn't work and you, you waltz off uh, to, to your well-funded retirement. What would skin in the game look like for politicians? What would you no, do? No. If I would
1: st- only build a structure. That's the, po- the point is not to answer the, the, you know, a specific problem with a specific solution, but to look at what structure would allow the system to function properly. Okay, A, a system that functions properly is a system where restaurant owners are not judged by other restaurant owners, but judged by clients. Mm-hmm. But they and are, aren't they? I mean, they yeah, are. So that's why systems, this is why we don't have... Exactly, online. exactly. Mm-hmm. So so how the system uh, works from... Are
0: uh, those better quality reviews, just to take that example, than something written by a food expert I mean, on your theory, necessarily they are. Well, I'm not sure that they are. No, no.
1: But the, the system, actually, i mean, let me give you an irony. A friend of mine in the restaurant business showed me what happens when, when you have awards. And he says awards are given by other restaurateurs or professionals, but not by, by people who eat there. And typically the rest that you have, uh, the award is granted. And then you have the, the six months later, the event, the ceremony. And typically, most restaurants are bust before the ceremony. <laughs> you see, that kind of awards. So, just to tell you that you cannot have academics judge other academics without some contact with reality. So, l- let's work backwards and look at what I call calibrated jobs. A calibrated job, a plumber cannot be a fraud, you see. You have, of course, uh, statistically some incompetent plumbers, but, but typically a plumber is a good plumber. I mean, you can figure out if a plumber is a good plumber. But there are areas where the competence is harder to guess. And in the black swan, I have what I call the tableau of things where you have four four experts. What has happened over time is these four experts are commanding more and more, you see.
0: Who's top of your hit list of of experts? Uh,
1: Four experts?
0: Uh, Who's top of the sort of guilt list that you Person? Yeah, well, right, no, Thomas types Friedman, of yeah, Thomas Friedman, for example.
1: Thomas Friedman, he doesn't know anything about anything, for example, and he. He's uh, a New, yeah.
0: New York Times writer and, and, and author. But that's, yeah, that's, for
1: example, yeah. he caused the war of Iraq. He the regime change. These guys. There's another fellow into regime change. All oh, the neocons, for example.
0: Isn't that just and, your preference that you don't like, or concluded that this kind of intervention? doesn't work, and so you therefore tilt at the no, not, expertise of someone who no, doesn't agree no, with you.
1: No, because I have, from the beginning, installed a moral rule that you don't talk about anything unless you have something to risk. Otherwise, you don't you don't cause uh, decision-making. So, for example, uh, there's some kind of moral hygiene that I suggest people should be having is that you don't have an action for which the consequences are borne by other people. What, what
0: do you have to risk?
1: Myself, hmm. I have... Uh, the, the the practically, the practice There's not nothing... For example, I would never... Uh, being morally calibrated, like a butcher is morally calibrated, he eats his own meat, you see. So I, myself, for example, would never tell you what to do with your money. I would tell you what I've done with mine. I would never manage your money without having more to lose by having my own money in the same position. For example, hedge fund managers... For, or I mean, as much as I dislike bankers, because there's a lot of rent-seeking in banking, hedge fund managers typically have half their money in the fund. So they lose more in proportion of the net worth when they make a mistake than any of their clients. Now, let's look in the past. In the past, people who were prominent in society were the risk-takers. not the, Very rarely in history have you had the non-risk-takers command such a power. So what has happened? More and more GDP now is owned to government, and maybe five to ten times what we had 100 years ago. But then
0: the skin in the game argument yes. and the risk argument seem to pull against each other, don't they? Because if I, if you want more risk-taking in society to, to drive better outcomes, you also then have to allow that some of that risk is not going not, to not come true. off. No,
1: no, no, no. The distribution risk-taking would be calibrated differently. There's one point that some people have raised against uh, skin in the game, saying that, hey, we improved a lot by removing unlimited liability. But skin in the game doesn't mean unlimited liability. It means some kind of liability to act both as a deterrent and a filter. And but the when, filter we, when
0: is, I asked uh, you about Iraq... A war, yes, a, you yes. know, a contentious war, where I suspect we would have probably approached it from. Yes. You know, i had been on the ground in wars and was thought liberal intervention broadly a good idea. I don't think you do. You then said, well, you know, you don't like people who've yeah, name a journalist, you know, who've argued for it. You don't like politicians who don't have skin in the game. There, I still am wondering what the consequence would look like. It can't just be, let's build systems that have skin in the game. There would have to be consequence. Could you give me an example of what that might look like in practice?
1: Practice, I'm saying, let's be more isolationist. Let people deal with their own business. You know, so it's an anti-interventionist. Uh, exactly, with a verbiage. Yeah. Yes, anti-interventionist approach comes out of it, except if someone aggresses you. Someone attacks you directly, you see. but Or if you want to be an interventionist, this, then go settle in Iraq if the thing fails. It's morally wrong. To be an interventionist while sitting in the suburbs of Washington D.C. writing, uh, you know, thing that brought government into action without paying could the it price. How can it be
0: morally wrong to simply take a different view, whether it's? There's, it's a
1: different. Or... It's not a view. You're causing harm. It is morally wrong to cause harm without if you paying you the consequences. you do you
0: allow harm to occur, and then you can sit in your Washington suburb feeling smug. Why is that better, morally? You
1: no. Know, the, the point is, if you use that argument, hey, you know, let's save the world. We're saving the world. That argument is. The typical argument used by charlatans: "Oh, if we don't do that, look what would happen." This is, uh, and actually, I cover quite a bit of uh, what I call charlatanism in the book with virtual signaling, so you can lend yourself. But what has happened is a rotten system where decision makers are not the one who pays for the consequences, and this cannot continue. In that shape for long because systems blow up when you don't have accountability.
0: Let's uh, turn to some of your more amusing turns of phrase and, and uh, some of which are actually quite harsh. You talk about micro-bullshitters and macro-bullshitters, just so I know, just in case I might, unfortunately, fall into this category, which, you know, which is which and how... Yes,
1: okay. Uh, in how will we tell it is the micro... Very, it's, it's practically impossible to micro-bullshit micro for a long time because you do it, uh, in other words, it selects decisions that you have to make repeatedly. Give me an example and of
0: micro-bullshit.
1: Micro-bullshitter is someone who's predicting the, the weather, okay? The micro-bullshitter cannot be operate for too long. Someone randomizing because uh, very quickly there's something called of large numbers would catch them. They're making a lot of small little predictions that, that will eventually um, lead to, you know, a track record that, that's wrong. But if you make... A macro bullshit, you don't see the consequences. You don't see what happened. And I keep talking about the economy, like, say, Mr. Paul Krugman. He's a perfect macro bullshitter. He's practically wrong on everything, including his technical work. <laughs> That's word.
0: just your judgment on Paul Krugman, like yeah. it was earlier on Thomas Friedman. It yes, might yes. well be on yeah, exactly. me or half yes. of my colleagues on other matters. Yes. I'm not clear whether this is a convenient taxonomy for you to just no, say it's because, that you're right. Because,
1: I don't know. The point, no, the point is he was wrong on so many things. Have you been wrong on things as well? Sorry?
0: But you, but but I pay wrong. the
1: price. I, usually I pay the price when I'm wrong. So if I'm wrong, I'd be bust now if I'm uh, chronically wrong. All right. So th- and that's the idea of skin in the game.
0: But that's reductive to money and economic value. The only way we can but there, there are other tell things, that you're I don't, wrong is because you lose money.
1: No, I, I would not open my mouth on things that don't or if I do it, then then I'm not following the principle of skin in the game. And I don't I think that I've, I've been OK in, in that sense. And being morally calibrated and not making pronouncements on things for which I don't pay a price.
0: You have become famous, if not notorious, for some rather public feuds with other academics. I'm thinking about Steven Pinker here. What is it specifically about Steven Pinker that gets your goat? He's pro-enlightenment. His new That's book says okay. progress am... is a good thing. There yeah, seems to be I... something about the way that he argues that irks you. What is it?
1: No, no. It all started with uh, his previous book on violence uh, having declined I sort of raised some uh, severe statistical mistakes he made in a book, inaccuracies in interpreting statements by Richardson. and Another academic. Someone who did research. And I wrote academic papers on it, and he has not responded to academic papers I've written on it, in statistical channels.
0: But wasn't that also because you called him a bullshitter and people sort of then don't, you know, they don't respond... Well, I mean, the point—the point
1: is, the point is, I am—I'm I'm very confrontational when I attack someone, and I don't leave prisoners. So maybe when I started going after Pinker, he was turned off. But the point is, the Nobel Foundation invited me. I presented my case, everything. I, I wrote, so far, two scientific papers on the subject. He has written none, and presented it. And there was a bunch of academics, and he did not show up. To and have you read
0: his latest book, his uh,
1: I have not uh, read his Are latest you going book. To treat I yourself? comment? On on the previous book, and and but I'm used to if someone bullshits me once, you know, say, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So I don't know if I'm going to go to the second book, and I'm not commenting on the second book. But I will accept to say one thing, that science is not scientism. Okay? What's the difference? Uh, huge scientism is, for example, uh, let me give you the difference. Is it more scientific to uh, do brain surgery for someone who has a headache, or to give him uh, a glass of water and some tea and say, let's say, what happens tomorrow? What's more scientific, mm-hmm. brain yeah. surgery? On uh, the whole, okay. Scientism is to make brain surgery look more, appear more, more advanced, and and so that's what I mean. And then the other one is rationalism is not irrational rationalism is using narrowly defined definition and, and rational is something that is uh, deeper
0: a distrust of experts informs i think the way that you, you go with not, things. not all experts not all experts. no I mean it's fair yes, exactly. as you say those who class of, class of class of experts
1: back. who do, are not are not checked by any uh,
0: uh, rigorous metric Right, but then we would disagree on what that can be, and I'm thinking of a famous quote in the Brexit referendum when uh, Michael Gove on the Leave side of the argument, a politician here on the Leave side, said we'd had enough of the experts. Well, the heavens kind of opened because everyone who considered themselves an expert believed themselves attacked. But at the same point, I think he, you know he was trying to make was expertise is one thing, how people feel is another. The potential dangers of that are that you simply pick and choose, and you disregard warnings from experts, which might well Well, have been in your interest, uh, how do you know the difference? Okay, let
1: me tell you. I wrote The Black Swan as a tirade against pseudo-experts. And I will tell you that historically, we have had a continuous movement against pseudo-experts, from the medical experts who were charlatans at the time. And if you look at it, people who call themselves experts and take positional expertise historically Outside the, well, like the techne, there's techne and then there's something called episteme, right, the episteme. Um, outside the heuristic world of engineering and, you know, the, the techne, um, there have been a lot of bullshitters, all right? And in and, and my uh, later book, you see, these books are part <laughs> of, co- let me finish, uh, It's part of a collection called Incerto, which is an investigation decision making under opacity and uncertainty. And then there's a volume, a penultimate volume for this, was on the Soviet Harvard delusion, okay, by, by showing that, again, your, your baker would be an expert at baking. But your uh, macroeconomist doesn't flow that an expert in one uh, that having proving expertise in one domain by some people can translate to another. And macroeconomists and political so-called scientists have not proven any expertise so far.
0: Do you think, for instance, we're sitting in front of a big board here in our studio. It says The Economist. Yes. So I suppose the clue's in the name. Uh, And you're sitting opposite a a journalist. I get the feeling that journalists and economists come quite high up your list some, of distrusted some, some. groups. No, no,
1: some. I mean, you have to uh, realize that I'm writing. I write in newspapers uh, and I express opinions and I'm writing uh, and I write books, which is in the same profession as journalists, theoretically. But But what I keep saying, I like journalism to be a check on power not to become a tool of propaganda. And unfortunately, because of monoculture, because of monoculture, because when you don't have skin in the game, you tend to have monoculture, because there's some skin in some game that appears. Because of monoculture, i noticed journalists to cluster to opinions, and they should not cluster. We've lost that diversity of opinions. This is where skin in the game plays a role, you see. Skin in the game is when you take risk for your opinion, and an opinion for me The value of an opinion is higher when someone has taken risk for it.
0: So me risking my reputation by... Tangling with you—is that—is that good enough? I no, mean, no, no, no. Why
1: not? No. Well, you're taking some risk, I would say, because if, if but, uh, but uh, you're taking some risk uh, thanks to the internet and social media and thanks to uh, a few developments in, in journalism. But you haven't taken a lot of risk. Let's put it this way: because you you would take uh, some risk if you were to clip the interview to remove my some of my answers, of course. But you won't uh, well, would not do that.
0: That would be wrong. That no, would no, be, that would be wrong. But
1: you're not, you know, you're you're morally calibrated today because you're questioning me. I have scanned the game and I defend my opinion. You're questioning me and, and like that, you see. But uh, but I would like you to do the same with uh, Paul Krugman when he shows up, all right?
0: Paul Krugman or indeed any other Krugmanites out there, do feel free to get in touch on, on Twitter and, and tell us what you think about that exchange. You see, I just have to ask, if your book gets everything wrong or a large part of things wrong or would you you know would you be able to see the difference isn't there a problem with the skin in the game argument is that you, we have to sort of agree what we think that the parameters of being wrong yes radar, yes i, mean, and I have, how would you know
1: okay i i mean i uh, kept looking for wrong uh, extensions of my idea thanks to social media where i put my idea on social media and my enemies first uh, first to react. My friends are second to react. And I discover mistakes in my own reasoning and I correct them. So I've been discovering mistakes and and correcting them. And one of them, for example, is with uh, jurors. Should jurors have skin in the game? Of course not. But then then what's the difference? Ah, jurors are anonymous and they do it once and there's no monoculture. Whereas a journalist is, they have monoculture and they're not anonymous, except that the economist, of course. Well, or, there you instance.
0: are, the best of all possible worlds. Can we agree on that?
1: Conditional on having your editor calibrated, right? Because at the entry selecting among the articles.
0: I'm off to calibrate my editor. Uh, Nassim Tenneb, thank you very much for joining us with your skin in the game. Well, what do you think? Should personal stakes be higher for those charged with deciding our futures? How so? Do get in touch via email radio at economist.com and on Twitter at Economist Radio. We'll be talking to the thinker Stephen Pinker in an upcoming Economist Asks. In response to Taleb's claims in this interview, Stephen Pinker has sent us a blog post from September last year and also a presentation by his collaborator Michael Spargat, which he says replied to Taleb's criticisms. We'll hear from Stephen Pinker on this show soon. In London, this is The Economist.
1: Sick of being upsold at gyms?